with our spouse. Our number three priority is to have an intimate, personal, till they leave home relationship with our children. Number four priority is to have an intimate, personal, until we retire relationship with our employer. Our number five priority is to have an intimate, personal relationship until the rapture takes place with the local church. Walk humbly with your God. Are you doing that? And if you are, I trust that your God is Jehovah God. Amen? Your pastor. on. That's why there you go. I asked. I did ask. Cody. <laughs> Amen. We'll get it together. That's right. Um, welcome in. I think it's 1030. So Facebook, live, YouTube, sermon.net, whatever you're watching on, we welcome him in this morning. Um, ready for some good words. Just a few announcements before Brother Brad comes and delivers the word this morning. Um, Yesterday was serve day. We, we pressure washed at the school. Several of us went over there and had a good time. It's hot. We partnered with Journey Church out of Viva and got all the sidewalks and walkways at Faultful High School and Middle School pressure washed. And, and that was a good time. We thank everybody for that. And, and Jimbo and Josh Speakman stayed here. If you look at this back wall back here, it's a different color than the rest of it. And they did a real good job on it. I want to thank them for that. Thank everybody for the hard work. You notice the rainbow up here and all the decorations. We had a great time this past Wednesday at our vacation Bible school, and that was the first one, the first vacation Bible school we've had in years, years. But uh, it went really good. I think we had about 20 children here Wednesday night, so that was awesome. And, you know, we got to learn a dance. Jim, Levi, do you remember that dance? You can't show us? You can't can't show us the dance. Well, we're gonna do it again this Wednesday night, and and so if I can do it, and I did successfully after a little more training than other people got, but I got it. I called Hallie last Wednesday. I got off work early, and I said, "Hey, meet me at the church." I said, "I'm gonna learn that song, learn that dance," and uh, so she did. And Sydney was here, and it took me about 30 minutes, but but we got it. We got it. And I tell them, I tell people, if you ever seen the movie Hitch, I'm Kevin James and Hitch to where this is my area. I'm right here, and I can do this. I don't venture out. I can keep in step, and I can clap. But other than that, I'm white completely, head to toe, and no problems there. But so anyway, we want to appreciate everybody. We thank everybody that helped and, and worked and is working and all the decorations in the back that the, the ladies done this past week and Worked hard on it. It's just amazing. I'll say again, I'll brag on y'all a lot. I don't feel like I brag on y'all enough as a congregation, as a church body. Thank y'all again for all you do. We appreciate it. We do. And uh, so again, this Wednesday night at 6 and the next Wednesday night at 6 also. So if you have children, know of children that you know want to come be involved, come on, bring them. 
We'll, we'll have a fun time. Um, and that two hours, it fills up and goes by pretty quick. It does. And this is from preschool all the way up to 12-year-olds. So, so bring them and let's have a good time. Don't forget, on the fifth Sunday, July 31st at 6 o'clock, we'll have a, the community singspiration at Round Top. And so we'll be involved with that. Um, so we invite everybody to come up there at 6 that evening. But I want to talk just a second about also something going on on that July 31st. So everybody's got a bulletin. You notice the piece of paper in there. When you open it up, it shows this reach, Community Worship Gathering, July 31st at, at Spartman Civic Center at 10.30 a.m. So this is... We're partnering with uh, Life Point Church out of Decatur, and um, thank Fairview the Grace Place. They're going to be involved pretty heavily in there, and we've been approached and asked if we want to be involved. And I said, well, yes, we do, because what's our job? Not to be in here, but to reach out and serve others out of here, because this is easy to do in here. Out there is where we got to be. Um, so it's a, it's a volunteer form, and I've asked where their biggest need that that we could be of service is. And they said in their children's area with um, carnival games, face painting, fingernail painting for, for little girls and stuff, and, and that kind of thing. So I encourage you, if fill this out, or I can email you if you want to put your email on there and you fill it out yourself as an online form. This is where I got this from. And, and put your name and stuff on here, and I can fill it out online. I don't mind. But instead of us having church here the 31st that Sunday morning, and we'll put more stuff out about it, they're starting up there at 1030. They're going to have a time of singing, time of testimony and word, and I encourage all of us to go up there and serve and work and help. And, and so I know there's a lot going on this month, but we can, instead of meeting here, we can be there. And it's still the body of Christ, right? It's still church coming together. We're the church. Like I said, we're the church. We've got to get out and do. We've got to get out. We've got to get out of our comfort zone and meet new people. And, 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 and so just help as we need to help. So I encourage everybody to fill this out. Give it back to me at the end of service. Put it in the an envelope, whatever you want to do, and say, hey, I want to help, and this is what I'd like to do. And if it's not in that kid's area and you see something else on here you want to help on, then mark that down and you help with that. And, and so it's, it's not just that area. They said that was the area they needed the most. So I know we've got some talented people in here. If anybody can cut hair, I don't know if anybody here knows how to cut hair. They're going to have a place for people to cut hair. Pat, yeah, I see. <laughs> be a bunch of buzz cuts going on is all that would be. And, and so I told them I didn't know of anybody in here that was a, a beautician, a barber, or anything. I, it's not me. I didn't go to that schooling. So. But... There's a, there's a place for that. So let's, uh, let's make ourselves useful. Let's not just, it's great that we're here. Great to see this number here this morning. But let's make this number out. Let's go out and, and work and do as the Word of God has told us to do. Um, one other thing. We've got, you've noticed, some smaller children, four to six, and then there's a, big, there's a big gap. There's four to six, and then there's seven or eight to 12. Well, we all know if you've taught those age groups, there's a, there's, you can have different, you did, well, thank you. Um, glad she told me that, um, where was that, so there's, there's, we, there's a need for a children's church teacher from the ages of four to six year olds, so pray about it, 
okay? Instead of having everybody from 4 to 12 in one room on Sunday mornings to where you can kind of break up and, and this group can be taught this and the other group can be taught a little more because we all know that 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds understand more than 4 to 6-year-olds a lot of times. So there's, there's a need for that here. If you say, hey, I want to do that, come talk to me. And we'll set up and you can have, it may not be but two or three back there on Sunday morning right now, but we get it started and more will come, right? If we don't have anything started to prepare ourselves for pe- bringing people in and building the body of Christ and inviting more people to church and saying, hey, we got this going on and this going on and you can come be a part of this, then when it comes, we're not going to be ready, right? Kind of go back to field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. If we have stuff in place, and I ain't saying we're going to have it in place and people automatically going to show up. No, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to do. But um, so that's that. I think I saw the announcements this morning. Well, let's receive our offering. Amen. Amen. Done heard about tithing and giving to God. And, and um, you know, we believe that we give that that tenth unto God and, you know, money, time, effort, all these things we believe we give to God because he's our, he's our one and only creator. He's our savior. He's the one that gave us this opportunity to have. So, and, and went back and has built his, the place for us that he has. And so we can give back to him as he's told us to, um, as we pray this morning, a couple of prayer requests, uh, brother Hughes that sits up here in the front. Um, he said, sister Bonnie, his wife was not feeling real good this morning, asked for prayer, and he was on his way to the hospital. His cousin, his name is Jerry Moses. I don't know what all was going on with him, but um, it didn't sound like good because they were rushing him to the hospital. So we want to be praying for him. And Miss Jenny Jacobs messaged me this morning and asked that we pray for her. Um, She's got some sinus issues where she's not feeling real well and asked for prayer. So um, remember those as we pray. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for who you are, who you are in our life, what you mean to us, Father, that we give ourselves if you've told us to, as we need to, that we go out and serve and reach others and and bring your word to those that are lost and dying in this world. God, that we be the light that you've told us to be and be Jesus and be your hands and feet on this earth as you told us to go and do and, and spread your gospel even this day. God, we just thank you for that. We thank you for this time together, for for you just touching and, and moving and ministering in people's lives, Father. That you touch Brother Miss Hughes this morning. That you touch her where she's at, God. That you just uh, uh, be with her as she's dealing with those kidneys issues. That you just touch and heal her right now. Be with Brother Hughes' cousin, Jerry Moses, whatever's going on, Father. That your hand's on that situation. You're touching and you're moving, bringing health and healing, whatever it is, Father to that situation. We thank you for it. We ask your hand on Miss Jenny Jacobs, God, that you touch her. Be with her this morning. They sinus issues and head cold, God, that you just touch and heal her where she's at. Touch her right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We ask you to be with Brad this morning, that you come and brings the word, God, that he gets confidence, boldness to preach the word that you have given him this morning to preach. And God, he can bring it forth as 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 you as, as only he, you can use him, Father, we thank you for. You open our minds and our hearts to receive this morning. God, that we're focused in and ready to receive your word. And we thank you for it. God, bring his tithes and offerings to you. God, you just touch and bless and bless everyone that gives. Bless everyone that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. My best dad, the song goes on to say, I'm the best day I'm a child of God. I'm my worst day I'm a child of God. It says, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. So that's a song from Cain. So if y'all get a chance, listen to it. It's, it's a really good song. Um, children can go to children's church this morning. I think Sydney is back there waiting on y'all right now. Amen. right it was it was a good bit yeah yeah so i mean it's it's awesome to see god work and move and and bringing people in not so victory fellowship can just be a huge church but that the body of christ can grow it's not it's not about us it's all about jesus it's what it's all about but this morning brad i'd asked him a couple of weeks ago or so to to preach this morning and he's been fired up and reared up to go he told me he's he's ready to Run three laps around the church this morning. He says, ready to go. So, brother, come ahead. Yeah, I got it on. Okay. There we go. It's good to be in God's house. Um, it's good to see all the faces this morning. Um, I'm nervous again. I told Mark, I'm, look, I'm not as nervous as the first time, but I'm more nervous than I was last time. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'd just like to start off by saying that, you know, it, it's great to be a part of this church, and I just wanted to tell each and every one of you that to see everybody jump in like we do, you know, there's people here painting Monday, and there's people getting decorations ready, and VBS, and then the pressure washing, and this is the only place I've ever been where people just willingly jump into something, and they don't do it to be seen or to be heard, they do it because they love Jesus, and and they're trying to do things to, to help the church, and, and, and wherever they're needed, and it's it's great to be a part of that. The message this morning, titled, Speak Jesus in a World of Doubt and Sin. Now, what came to my mind is the same God that created this world, the same God that conquered death, hell, and the grave, is the same God that lives inside of each and every one of us if we just speak Jesus. If we speak His name. That same God that's inside of us is the same one that does all those things. The same one that can conquer all things in our life, any situation we may have. And I'm going to start in Mark chapter 11, verse 20 through Now, before I read this, earlier in this chapter, just a little earlier, um, Jesus was hungry. And from a distance, he saw a fig tree that had leaves. Well, he goes to this fig tree, and it's bearing no fruit to eat. So he actually curses this tree, 
And he says, no one, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And that's what's going to lead up to where I'm starting here in verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw a fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, Whosoever says to this mountain, Be moved and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now that's a big statement. He says mountains will be moved. Just by speaking the name of Jesus, we can move mountains. You know, and it made me think of, um, we went to a meeting and speak, some of the men did, and there was somebody named Brother Pinckney. And this man was stricken down with COVID to the point where I'm wanting to think he said his lungs were at 10%. Um, his kidneys had failed. He was on dialysis. Of course, he didn't know much of what was going on because he was unconscious most of the time. But his wife had been called, and the, and the doctors told her, hey, um, she couldn't be there, of course, because of COVID. The doctors just told her, look, it's... It, He's, he's not going to make it through the night. He's, he's going to die. So what does she do? Does, you know, a lot of times what we do is it's over, it's done. He's dead. There's nothing I can do about it. But instead, what his wife done, she began to call people. People were already praying. But she told them the news. She said, be praying. Pray hard. She was praying. They were praying. They called people. They were praying. They started a prayer chain. She received a call the next, the next day. The doctor said, look, we don't know what's happened. The doctor responsible for the, looking at the lungs and the x-rays said his lungs are good. Something they said can't be cleared out. They're only working at 10%. His lungs are good. The person in charge of the dialysis of the kidneys said his kidneys shouldn't have recovered. We don't know what's going on, but his kidneys are working again. This man was at that service. He had been through a lot of things. God is now using him. He goes to these therapy classes. And he speaks Jesus to these people that are recovering from these same things. You know, they could have given up real easily. But instead, they chose to speak Jesus. They decided that, hey, I'm going to pray to you because I want mountains moved in my life. I want my husband back home. I want, I want my church member back in church. I want my father back in his home with my mother. I want mountains moved in my life. And the only way I can do that is to speak Jesus because the doctors can't heal me. Only God can. You know, we've known somebody throughout her life, a lot of you may know her, Sharon Strickland. She's done a lot at Thoughtful School, subbing. And there was a time in her life she went having circulation issues. They told her the back side of her heart wasn't working. Only half her heart was working. That's where the circulation issues were coming from. So she returned for a follow-up to see what they were going to do about it. 
Well, God showed up because people began to pray. She was a church member. Her husband was a church member. They called people. People started praying. The doctor looked again. He couldn't believe what had happened. He said, your blood flow's good. Your heart's fine. It's working. I don't know what's happened. What I'm trying to get across this morning is there's things that we can't believe because we want to allow ourselves to believe them. That only God can do if we're willing to speak Jesus into our life. We can hunker down in the corner and we can, we can moan and groan and pitch ourselves a pity party and we can just throw our hands up, we're done, we can surrender, wave the white flag. But when God's in the picture, mountains can be moved. When we speak the name of Jesus, He's going to move mountains for us, whatever that may be. You know, I've talked about this a lot before, but it hasn't been long since I went through some, what I call, at the time for me, was a major issue. Look, I went from I'm perfectly normal one day to laying on the couch for a week straight thinking this is a new me. My life is over. I'm losing my mind. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to be put in a nut house because I've got all these thoughts running through my mind. I can't control. There's nothing I can do about them. Uh, I, I can't fix them. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get it out of my head. It won't leave. Uh, my wife's praying for me. My family's praying for me. My church is praying for me. But I'm laying there thinking, it's, this is it. This is the new life. You know, and a lot of people stepped up and, like I said, was praying. And Brother Bradley, I, I don't think to this day he still understands what it meant to me, the conversations we had about it. But it was God's people, through prayer and through conversation, that took me from the state of mind I was in to where I am right now. If you had told me in January that I would be up here in July preaching God's Word, I'd have said, well, you're crazy. I can't be in front of three people, much less 60, 70 people. There's no way I'm going to get on a stage and preach God's Word. I can't even get off of my couch without my wife making me. Look, she would open the door. And tell me she's going to let some Jesus light in. Sunlight. And believe it or not, I don't know if it was those words or I don't know if it was the sunlight coming in, but it made me better. But what I'm saying is, is I was done. My mind was closed. I was convinced this is a new me. I'm never going to be the same again. I'm not going to be normal. I'm going to deal with this for the rest of my life. Just take me away to some people praying and speaking the name of Jesus. And then I show up here because I realize through these prayers and God trying to open my eyes that this is the only thing that's going to help you. The doctors can give you medicine. And you know, God gives doctors knowledge and wisdom. And when He does that, we should listen because He's gave them that ability to medicate us with things that will help us. But what I'm saying is the medicine is not what put me up here today. It's going back there, sitting there, white-knuckled on the back of a seat because I didn't want to move, and confessing to God that day at the altar that you are the only thing that's going to change my life. I'm tired of living this way. I'm not depending on anybody else in life but you to move this mountain for me. Because this mountain's going to be here until you remove it for me. 
You know, this works the same way in, in other situations in life. Amended marriage. How many of us know or have even been a part of a marriage that's falling apart? The husband's done with the wife. He don't want nothing to do with her anymore. He, he, maybe he's walked out and stepped out on their marriage, been unfaithful. Maybe he just don't want to be married anymore. He wants to move on. Vice versa, the woman, maybe she's done the same thing to the man in the relationship. And at the time, what we don't realize and understand that the kids are also going through this as much or more than we are. They're going through this and they're seeing this. They're seeing their mother and father separate, break up. They're, they're seeing all these bad things come in the, and happen in their life. But here's what we do as human beings. We think about everything else that could fix our relationship or every reason why we don't want to fix our relationship. When the truth is, it's the husband and the wife put God ahead of everything else in life and make it number one, that's the only thing that's going to fix it. You know, I'm a really hard person to get along with. If my wife didn't have Jesus, she'd already kicked me out. And she puts up with a lot from me. And sometimes I have to put up with things from her too. Last night she woke up and I don't know, 11, 30, 12. I'm still sitting up in the bed with a lamp on, with the Bible. She said, what are you doing? Go to sleep. Can you not do that in the morning? I mean, there's like more rooms in the house I could have went to. But I thought I was being quiet, and I wasn't moving around a whole lot. I didn't feel like. What I'm saying is we try to think of all these worldly things that can fix our problems. And the only thing that's going to work is speaking the name of Jesus into our marriage, into our health, into our families, into our finances, into everything we do in life. It should be to glorify God. And we can't do that unless we're speaking Jesus. Speaking the name of God. And, and the salvations uh, is something else that came to my mind. Of the impossible person is what I wrote down. And what I mean by that is I felt like I was an impossible person for God to reach at one point in my life. We've all known people and seen people that feel like they were impossible to reach. We can witness and witness and witness to them, but they're not going to come to Jesus. It's just not going to happen. They're too far gone. Okay, Paul persecuted Christians. He had Christians put to death. So we would think he would be too far gone, right? But he was stricken down on the road to Damascus by God himself. Paul ended up writing many, many books of the New Testament because he chose right then he was going to speak the name of Jesus. Whatever came his way, he was going to speak the name of Jesus. And he talks about that in the Bible, that uh, being beaten uh, with a rod, uh, being stoned, being lost at sea, having three shipwrecks, um, persecuted for God's sake. He talks about all these things he went through. But regardless of all that, he had done decided, I don't care what happens to me, and we can do the same thing. I don't care what happens to me. I'm going to continue to speak the name of Jesus. That's what I've decided I'm going to do in my life, is continue to speak the name of Jesus. And you know, the night I was saved, is look, every, anybody that knew me then would have told you that there's no way anything's going to happen with this guy's life. I don't know all of you here, but I know Pat and I know JJ. Y'all, they had similar backgrounds as to what I did. 
there's a lot of people that looked at us and thought there's no hope. Like they're just going to live life and they're going to die and that's going to be it. But you know, we have people praying for us. And there comes a point in time where we realize that we're not as big as God. We're going to speak the name of Jesus into our lives and to the lives of the ones around us. If you will, turn with me to John chapter 10 and verse 11 through 15. find it here okay I am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep for the sheep but a hireling who who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep I am the good shepherd And I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Now I've looked in the definition of a hireling, and I hope I'm saying that right, I think I am. A person who works purely for material reward. And to me, that could very well represent the world today. The world is a hireling, and they do not care about you. They don't care about any of us. They care about what they can gain. The material things they can have in life. God is our good shepherd. And what this has to do with speaking the name of Jesus is the world wants to amplify everything that is bad. Look at the news. We amplify the bad things that come around, right? The good things are not mentioned anywhere. Try to find something good on the news. Something... uh, spiritually inspiring to you on the news. Try to find it. It's hid. It's swept under a rug. They want bad, bad, bad to be amplified because they don't want you to be reminded. The world doesn't want you to be reminded that you have a good shepherd that can take care of you through all these things. I listed a few things here. Good things that I've not heard mentioned on the news or on a national level that have happened You may have heard about them, but if you did, it was probably through Facebook or through somebody you know. It wasn't from watching the news. So, on July of 2020, the churches in California were told, you can no longer sing in your church services because we're afraid you're going to spread the coronavirus. Okay, we, some of us probably remember that. We heard that part, didn't we? We all heard the bad, right? You can't serve me anymore through song because you might spread COVID. We heard the bad. Well, then they were told, okay, you can no longer have service at all because of COVID. You're going to infect everybody. You, you can't have church anymore in California. Most of us heard about that too. Of course we did. It was the bad. What we didn't hear about 
as several pastors got together on the beaches of San Diego. 135 churches combined and started having services and revivals on the beaches of California. Thousands of people repented, were baptized in the ocean, and professed and proclaimed the name of God. How many of us heard about that? No. They don't want to remind you that there's a good shepherd that's doing good things to save you from the sin and the fears and the doubts in this world. They just want to continuously remind you that your rights are being taken away, doom is coming, run and hide. There's nothing that can save you. But these people come out and they serve God and they had revivals and, and, and people now in the state of California, thousands of them, now get to go out and profess and claim the name of Jesus. You know, I believe, I believe Brother David Carroll is the one that posted this one um, on Facebook just not long ago. July of 2022, which was this month, Coleman Walmart broke out and praise and worship. You know, I know it's just a small town of Coleman. Probably not going to be mentioned on a national level, right? Well, how many small towns have you seen a shooting that, that somehow, some way, the race car got through into the middle of it, and that small town shooting become nationally known? So what if all the people that were protesting this across the world, what if all those people could hear things like this instead of like that? But this revival or this 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 praise and worship broke out in Coleman Walmart. People doing their shopping, having a normal day, and people just they start singing on microphones. They're up there, and, and they're singing praise and worship songs out through the store. People start joining in at the register. Man, how great is that? How great is that? And the next one, this happened in June of this year. I heard about this one, but it went through the news. It was from a friend at work. And I researched it. And so they've started doing what's called God Behind Bars. It's a ministry where they're going to these prisons. And they've done it in Alaska and Texas and Florida and two or three more states they've done this in. And they want to do it and they want to start doing this nationwide. During this, over 265 women in prison proclaimed the name of God and were baptized. 265 prison inmates now have proclaimed the name of Jesus and have been baptized. The security guards said that the culture is already changing in these prisons these people have been to. The self-worth of these prisoners, you can see them, they're thinking more, more highly of themselves. They're carrying themselves different. They're, they're being polite and friendly. And, and the, the, making the inmates or the security guard's job a little easier. All because somebody spoke the name of Jesus. You know, we have a good shepherd who loves us. And we can't let the wolves of this world distract us from that. We can't let them win. we got to search for the good. That's the big problem today. Everybody wants to hear the bad. Everybody's excited to hear the bad. Nobody wants to listen and search and research and find the good anymore. If you will, turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. 
No, you should, but. Uh, chapter 10, verse 17. Now, Jesus had sent out 70, two by two, to go out and to profess and proclaim the name of Jesus. And chapter 17, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So God's saying here, well, first of all, it says they came back with joy. We've talked about this, happiness and joy. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is something we show when something happens on an instinct. Joy is something that you have in your heart that's always there, that, that you have to work on, and that you have to remember is there, and that you have to serve God, and He will increase the joy in your life. But we have the power over the enemy, and nothing shall hurt us is what this Scripture says. Okay, so, so Jesus tell them, look, I saw Satan himself fall like lightning from heaven. I give this same power and authority over you to have power over your enemy. If we speak the name of Jesus, God is going to see us through it. He's going to make sure that, 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 that it, the, the plan we have and, and His plan for us is successful, that we don't fall, that we can trample over serpents and scorpions. We're not going to be bound down by them. They're not going to cause us from fulfilling the will of God. Look, there's things inside of me this morning. He said I could run three laps around the church. It's nervous laps is what it would have been. But that's Satan. That's Satan trying to get to me because he knows I'm going to come up here and I'm going to preach what God has given me. He wants to make me stumble from fulfilling God's will. But this scripture tells me that I have the power over the enemy, that I can tread over serpents' heads. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to let to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Notice how that said, above all we ask or think. That means, look, you're not even getting a picture. I can do so much more than you can even see. You're not opening up your mind enough for me to even show you what all I can do in your life. The things that you ask and, and, and the things that you think are small in my world. They're just small, minute things. I can cast the mountains into the sea for you. You don't realize what all I can do in your life if you allow me. If you'll speak the name of Jesus, what I can do in your life. You know, there are people in this world that go to church, never miss a church service. They're there on Wednesdays, Sunday morning, Sunday night if they have it. They're at the revivals. They're at the singings. And they live their life. And they're godly people. 
and still leave the walks of this life not understanding what God's capable of. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Look, we come here and we sing praises to God and we worship Him and, and we go home and, and we pray and we pray at work. We might even witness. But we still sell Him short of what He's capable of doing in our life. There is no limitations on what God can do in your life if you'll speak the name of Jesus. There's no limitations on what He can perform in your life. The miracles that you could see. You know, and we have to grab hold of this thing and realize what kind of God we're serving. You know, as I was studying the Word through the week, and I'm not saying this to boast on me, please don't take it that way. It's nothing I've done. It's everything God has done. But I'm sitting there and the Word of God is meaning so much to me. And He's filling me with this knowledge and, and wisdom. And, and, and I'm sitting there and I begin... I'm sitting on my couch reading and I begin to tear up. And I'm just, I'm, the Spirit of God is talking to me and working in me. And I'm just, I'm so emotional at that point. Because I'm like, look, look what God is doing for me. I didn't even ask for this. I sat down to study God's Word. And He has made my cup overflow just because I spent some time with Him. I didn't even have to ask for it. He loves me and His mercy and grace is sufficient for me and for you and everyone here. And there's something we can all have. It's, I'm not special. There's nothing about me that's more special than anybody in here. It's nothing that I've done. It's not a reward for anything else I've done. It's because I came to God and I wanted Him in my life. And I studied His Word. And I prayed, God, give me the knowledge and wisdom I need from this. Help me through this, Lord. You will turn to Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8. We won't be here very long. And this is where Jesus had sent out the 12 disciples, apostles. Um, and he gave them the power and authority to do things that we have the same power and authority to do today. It says, These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely given. Why can't we do these same, thing, same things today? You know, people see that and it scares them. They're like, whoa, now wait a minute, now you're talking about Raising the dead and casting out demons? That's crazy. That's, that's Bible stuff. That's not world stuff. This is world stuff if we allow it to be. This is world stuff. But we have to speak the name of Jesus to see these things. Why don't we see them anymore? Because we won't allow them in our lives. We're scared. We're scared to death that we're going to have more power than we know what to do with. But that's the thing about it. 
We don't have to know what to do with it. we got to depend on God to give us the wisdom on what to do with it. He's given us the knowledge, and that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is learning things and applying things to our life. Wisdom is knowing when and how to use that knowledge. But again, it scares us, right? Talking about raising the dead, casting out demons. Look, I know and have seen and witnessed people that had demons in them. Now, it's not like you're going to see in the movies where they're drooling at the mouth and red eyes and all this. But people have demons in them where they cannot control anymore. They have gone too far away from God. And there are some evil, wicked things going on in their life that God has delivered them from. How many times have you heard the story somebody was gone for well beyond what they should have been uh, dead for and they were resuscitated? Or whatever them shocker things are called. I don't know what they are. But they come back and they come back just fine. Without brain damage. Without, without having to suffer these things for the rest of their life that it's caused to them. So we can't say that God can't raise the dead anymore through people. He does it every day. So why can't we do these things today? Well, let's turn to Romans 6. Verses 16 through 18. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that through you that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Why can't we do the things anymore or see the things anymore we were talking about in Matthew? Well, a lot of it has to do with we can't speak Jesus when there's sin in our life. We can't speak Jesus when we're still a slave to sin. When we're a slave to fear and when we're a slave to doubt and all these other things we allow to creep into our lives. If we want to speak Jesus and see results, we have to be slaves to righteousness. Which means our master should be doing good. That should be what we long for, what we're reaching for, what we work for. We should be working to be slaves of righteousness. We should be doing things that are going to bring us closer to God each and every day of our lives and each and every moment of our lives. Let's not get caught up doing things that's going to pull us away from God, but things that are going to bring us to God. Be a slave of righteousness because that's where things get messed up. We're slipping in and out of sin, in and out of fear, in and out of doubts, and, and we're no longer a slave to Satan and fear and doubt. If we're a child of God... We've put away that slavery to Satan. We've put away the slavery to fear, to doubt, to, to anything that has something that's not of God. We've put that away in our lives. And we said, God, I've made you number one in my life. I've accepted your Son as my personal Savior. And I want to work to be a slave of righteousness. 
You might think, well, I don't want to be a slave to anything. That sounds terrible. Look, this is not this is not the same thing here. A slave to righteousness means that we're going to do everything in our power to do right. We're going to let the Holy Spirit convict us when we need conviction. We're going to let the Holy Spirit come into us and work through us. And we're going to be so appreciative every time it happens. That's being a slave to righteousness. And guess what? There's great, great rewards that come with that. So as childs of God, children of God, why do we struggle with this? Let's turn to the last book I have here. Hebrews chapter 5. Verses 12 through 14. That's what God put on my mind of, of why we still struggle with these things today. Why, why do we continue and continue and continue to go right back to where we were to start with? You ever heard the term or the or the saying, you know, we're going to have to back up and punt? We're always backing up and punting, aren't we? we got to keep going forward. We can't stop and go backwards and then go forward a little bit and stop and go back. Look, this is something we got to continuously grow and achieve. And we can't do that if we keep sliding forward and backwards. We've got to get hold of this thing. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have to need, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So why do we still struggle with sin? Going backwards, backing up and punting. Why do we still struggle with that? It's spiritual immaturity. That's what it is. It's a spiritual immaturity. This is talking about milk and meat. If you don't understand the parable or, or, or the, the verses here, it, it, it's saying like a baby. They have to require milk. That's all they can eat. You know, that's what they have to have when they're young. And as they get older and more mature, then they can move on to the meats or, or a more solid food. And this is talking spiritually. As babes of Christ, you're expected to have to have milk. You have to be nurtured by God and, and by God's people. You know, uh, I was reading in Exodus and, and where Pharaoh's army was drawing close to, to Moses and, uh, and the children of Israel, something jumped out on me in Exodus 14.10. It says that uh, the, the children of Israel cried out to God. But then they immediately started blasting Moses. Why did you bring us here? To die in the wilderness? So the children cried to God and then immediately said, okay, we've cried to God, but we don't believe you're going to do anything for us. Let me go back to you and blame you for what just happened. How many times do we do that? 
How many times do we speak Jesus and don't give Him a chance to perform before we go right back to where we started? Revelations 3.16 says, Because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's God saying, Look, it's time to get hot or it's time to get cold. Do you want to serve me or do you not want to serve me? Because I want to do great, wonderful things in your life, but I can't do that unless you're willing to get hot and on fire for me. Because if you continue to go forwards and backwards, you can't straddle the fence. You love one, then you hate the other. If you serve one, then you don't serve the other. So what's it going to be? It's time to become what God needs us to be so we can speak Jesus. Get the sin out of our life, quit backing up and punting, and get on fire for God and speak Jesus. You know, the world needs more mature Christians to guide them to Jesus. We keep going back to the milk. Who's going to be the one to bring... Who's going to bring the new converts to Jesus? Who's going to bring them to Jesus so He can clean them up and save them from their sins? You know, God put this on my heart. um, And it is a parable that He spoke to me. Kind of sums this up, and I'll be done. What I was just talking about is kind of like uh, when we teach our kids to ride a bike. Or some of you older ones, if you remember when you were taught to ride a bike. They had the little training wheels on the sides, right? And we, we would ride them and ride them and ride them with them training wheels. And our parents would teach us how to what to do and, and when to do it and when to use the brakes and when to pedal. And these training wheels, they're what kept us from falling, right? We depended on them. We had confidence in them. Well... At some point, the training wheels have to come off. And you've always seen the parent pushing the kid in the movies or the shows, and and then they'll let go without the kid knowing, and they'll be pedaling on their own. But what God revealed to me is, a lot of times when that happens, the children were actually wrecked the first time. And... What God has really brought to my attention is the kids don't wreck their bicycle because they don't know how to ride them. They've been taught that. They know how to ride the bicycle. The kids wreck their bicycles from the fear of being out on their own. So today as Mark comes back up, he'll get us a song of invitation. But I just want to ask you, Are you scared to go out on your own? You know what to do. You know how to do it. God has done showing you. But it's time to take off without the, without the safety mechanisms on the side. It's time to take off with this thing.